This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Make me over. I'm all I want to be. A walking fire. You're listening to The Blitz 1170. Streaming live at theblitztulsa.com and on the Blitz 1170 app. All right, not a great night for Oklahoma State last night. As we welcome you back in here on the Blitz 1170, 205. My name is Jeremy Poplin, coming to you live from the Ike's Chili House studio, serving four generations of Tulsans since 1908. Bracketology was released a little bit earlier today from Joe Lenardi. Not much in terms of a significant change, at least for Oklahoma State, from their loss last night. Uh, but what we do see is an element of things are getting a little tighter than what we were used to even, say, a week ago for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who still remain in the last four buys category, along with Memphis, Boise State, West Virginia. Now, the last four in include Wisconsin, USC, Mississippi State, and Nevada. So as you can see, West Virginia has one that has made a jump to the last four in. When I checked earlier today, Oklahoma State was listed as an 11 seed. With a downward arrow, they would be playing Duke uh, in Greensboro, the 6-11 matchup there. So that is as or from the result from last night there at West Virginia. So with that said, let's welcome in Dean Rule from the Tulsa World, who covers the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who joins us now. He is my woo-woo buddy, Dean Rule, here on the Blitz 1170. Woo-woo, Dean, what's up today, man? Woo-woo, I mean, I hope I hope Matt's treating you good over there. <laughs> he hates me right now because we brought back the woo-woo. You thought I was going to forget about that, didn't you? Oh, I knew Dean wouldn't forget because the group chat's name was woo-woo. Okay, so. there you go. There See, you go. this is what happens when I give you access to hotkeys, too. That's all right. That's all right. It's about time. I, I didn't realize this computer was touchscreen in here until literally three or four days ago. <laughs> all right, Dean. So uh, where are we at after last night, man? Um, where do you even want to begin? A recipe for uh, disaster last night for the Oklahoma State Cowboys um, for the second time in the past three days. This is uh, maybe one of the worst road performances that they've had in the entire season. And that's saying something. Um, but losing 85 to 67 last night, that was not pretty at any point during last night's game at all for OSU. No, there's quite a bit to unpack when we look at uh, last night's game, but I guess the easiest way to start is when me and you talked last week, you know, we were ready to crown OSU, say they were for sure a lock to be in this NCAA tournament, and a week later, and you know, even if we look at the Kansas game, too, that was a double-digit point loss. TCU, you lose by 25. 18-point loss against West Virginia. These have been some ugly, ugly, ugly performances. I mean, I think if you look at the past five halves that they have played, it's been some, some tough basketball, and, and it's very uncharacteristic of OSU. And, and, you know, the defense has been the high point for this team, and all of a sudden it's just gone. 
Yeah, last night, um, man, the turnovers are becoming a major, major thing as well. Um, they turned the ball over 18 times. What, they have 14 against TCU? Uh, I know that um, it hurts without having Avery uh, on the floor from a defensive perspective. We've talked a lot about how to overcome and what they look now like on the offensive side, but this turnover problem that they have right now, 28 points off of turnovers, that made a significant difference in last night's game and in the game against TCU on uh, over the weekend. Yeah, and the turnovers are an issue that, that's been nagging them for the whole season pretty much. I mean, they tied a season high last night with 18, and this is now the third game this season that they've turned the ball over 18 times. Uh, you're not going to win a lot of ball games if you're doing that. I don't care how you want to look at it. Uh, there's got to be better ball control. That, you know, that that's going to be – it's going to kill you in games when, when you're doing that and you're, you're, like you said, 28 points off turnovers. You know, you, you can't win if you're doing that just point blank. And all of a sudden we've seen the Cowboys go from that eight seed to now all of a sudden an 11 seed. And maybe if they keep playing like this, they might, they might play themselves out of the tournament. Who knows? I know that there's been foul issues with Caleb Boone, but what is happening? Six minutes last night, what? 15 minutes combined in the last two games, seven points, no rebounds, eight fouls. What what happened to a guy that at one point just a few weeks ago was a absolute bright spot for Oklahoma State going through a run through conference, which really got them back into position to make the tournament? Yeah, so, I mean, against Kansas, he set a career high. He scored 27 points in that loss, uh, looked great, looked like every bit the dominant player dominant post player he's been uh in conference play and yeah i mean you you gave us the stats right there those are not very i mean no matter how you want to look at that 16 minutes and two games he's running into foul trouble early you know he's he's gotten he picked up two in the first three minutes last night he picked up two i think in the first five minutes against tcu so that's gonna you know that's gonna lead to him Boynton is going to sit him there for, for the majority of the, the first half in both of those games, and he's going to get back in. And, you know, obviously we saw tempers flared a little bit, and he got a double technical last mm-hmm. night going for a loose ball. And that's going to, you know, that fouled him out of the game. But still, he he sits for most of the first half, and then in those past two games he picked up his third foul early in the second half. And then it's it's weird. I I don't know if I have an answer for what's going on with him, but, Obviously, when you're when you're running into foul trouble, you're not going to get to play your normal, you know, 30 minutes a night or 25, whatever he's averaging right now. Uh, and, and it's, you know, it might just be something as simple as that. It's throwing him out of his rhythm. The other thing, too, that I think is uh, incredibly disturbing with them is what's happening right now to them in the paint and especially on the boards. Um, this was a team that's identity was surrounded by defense. And I know Avery has meant a lot to them, but this seems like that there are other things that are happening right now outside of just Avery Anderson's absence on this. Um, I know that the Mountaineers were, are physical and they've always been a physical team. Mike Boynton was disappointed with the physical play against TCU. They practice hard 
on uh, on Monday, or excuse me, on Tuesday. Uh, God, if I can speak, on Sunday for crying out loud, because John Holcomb was telling us that after they left Fort Worth, that they had a very spirited practice where they got after it, and yet they go out here again and get pushed around a little bit. I, I just did not see that coming at this point in the season. No, and, and I think Mike Boynton said it after the TCU game that, hey, this is it. This is the final push of the regular season. Everybody in the Big 12 is going to play with their, you know, like they're backed into a corner. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to fight. Everybody's trying to, you know, get that full position heading into the Big 12 tournament. And, you know, if we look at the TCU game, maybe you can chalk it up to the Horned Frogs were getting Mike Miles back and Eddie Lampkin was back. And, you know, just their presence could have resulted in the 25-point loss for OSU. But uh, when you look at the West Virginia game, you know, that, if we want to look at this just from a, you know, talent perspective, OSU is the more talented team. OSU, you know, should have gone out there and that would have been, you know, you, you they would, they could have been able to pump the brakes and say, hey, hold on, let's get readjusted here. It, it, had they won last night, but the loss there, I, I know that Joe Lenardi is saying it's not, uh, based on what he put out today, it's not a crippling loss that OSU suffered, but, you don't want to keep sliding back into the bubble after you've made your way all the way up to an eight seed. You know, what's weird as Dean Rule joins us is, Dean, that there are moments through the the games here, um, the last three games in particular, that you look at and you're like, all right, if they were to just be better in one area that they might not be on the on the tail end of a losing streak like this, but it just seems like all three games have had – you know, a variety of things happen. You don't shoot the ball well at all. You know, the other day they went over 10 minutes without even attempting a two-point field goal. They were jacking up threes. Three three shooting last night was maybe the worst that it's ever been. Then you have the turnovers, which probably doesn't help you as well, right, when you look at points in the paint because they can get easy transition buckets. But it's like all three of those things at one time that have come together in the last three games, if they can just limit one of those, because they actually outscored West Virginia in the second half last night. Just the first half, it was such a deep hole. They had no ability to come back. They've got to limit at least one of those if they want to get that eighth win in conference. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think that that goes for any team in the in the country. You know, you want to be – even as – you know, OSU's not a terrible three-point shooting team, but maybe when the shot's not falling, maybe you don't want to attempt 19 three-point shots in, in a game and only make two of them. Maybe, you know, you know, turnovers, you you always want to limit those. And there's a variety of ways that you can, you can fix that. And, you know, Mike Boynton is a smart guy. He's a great coach and he's got great assistant coaches. uh, You know, I've, I've no doubt that they're trying to fix that, but it's been a lingering issue for them this whole season. Uh, And so I I guess maybe you start questioning, can you fix it? I, I don't know. I guess I'm just thinking out loud on that one, but. Yeah, it's a weird stretch they're on, especially after coming off such a great stretch. You know, this is the worst time to kind of hit a skid. Yeah, I don't know, because I'm I'm probably in the same boat with you. At this point, you are who you are. I don't know how much there is to, to quote, fix things, because they're still going through these moments, like again last night, where they go on a big scoring drought. You've got six turnovers, kind of not not quite as... This one was worse than the Kansas one at the end of the first half. But you go over six minutes without scoring, turn it over six times, and the next thing you know, you look up and, and West Virginia is on a 16-0 run. 
that's the one area that's been incredibly disappointing to me this season is that they have not found a way to limit those times in games where they go on big droughts. They just haven't done it, and I don't think that they're going to at this point. I agree, and when you, you know, I think it was they went six minutes and 21 seconds without a point there in the first half. That's an area that you need Caleb Boone in there. You know, when he's getting in that early foul trouble and you got to take him out, you, you lose that presence in the in the post. And, you know, most of the say he's able to get some points, but obviously he's, a, he's in there more for the defense than the offense. Um, so when you don't have Caleb Boone in there, you lose that, and I think that's kind of why you see some of those perimeter you see more of those perimeter shots and when they're not falling then yeah West Virginia is able to string together a 16 to, to zero run if, if Caleb Boone's in there then hey I think you can stop the bleeding a little bit keep it close going to halftime I, I think you know Mike Boynton would have been happy with that if, if it's you know instead of a 19 point game it's a five point game at the half is there can you recall a better time Dean since you've been covering this team that it it feels like that it's just a it's a must for them to get back home at GIA I mean if there's ever any type of positive that you're looking forward to now even though what the, they still got three quadrant one teams that are on their schedule the rest of the way through but at least you're back at home at Gallagher because it, it just really seems like they just need a form of confidence right now because they're incredibly lacking in that area well, I agree. I think this is this is majorly important because not only are you getting back in Gallagher Eye, but you've got two teams coming who can be that resume builder you need all of a sudden. Again, you got, you know, Kansas State and Baylor. If you even if you split that, if they're able to steal one of those games, you're right back in the conversation. It takes, you know, some of the pressure off your back. Uh and, but then, you know, you're also running into into a, a buzzsaw that is Texas Tech all of a sudden down in Lubbock to close out the season. That, that's not a game you can just write off because the Red Raiders are coming off huge wins. Yeah, they are. Not uh not great timing at all. I believe Texas Tech, if I'm not mistaken here, um Tech has won four of their past six. They play Oklahoma tonight, so they could add another one to that. Yeah, the the road is not easy by any means. But it's also not easy when you give up 272 points in your th- last three losses and for an average of over 90 points per game. Uh, that That's an area that I just – I knew the Avery loss was big. I just don't think at that time – and I'm as guilty as anyone for glossing over the fact that um, you could have a, a trio of players kind of fill in and, and maybe make up for what he brought to the team. And I was completely wrong on that. But the bottom has fallen out once they've played – uh, elite level competition and even in tough places on the road it's um it's 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 an interesting time right now and i can't wait to see how mike boyden gets them to react to this because he's tried everything right from the physical practice after the tcu game to uh playing a, a number of games here in a tight stretch now he's got a few days to try to get them to get their head on right yeah i agree and, and to your avery point i think you can somewhat replicate or fill in what he does offensively with a couple guys, but I just don't think you can replicate what he does defensively. He's just that good. He's he's such a great on-ball defender that, you know, he, there's nobody else on the team that can replace what he does defensively. And you know what? All of this seems like uh, maybe fluff if they just go out and get a victory. Another quad one win will, will more than likely do it and get their record back to 500 Kansas state's a a good opportunity for them to do that. And uh, we'll see what they can do. Dean, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for jumping on with us here on the blitz uh, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll do you too, man. Thank you. That's uh, Dean rule joining us here. 
via the Tulsa World, who covers the Oklahoma State Cowboys. As they lose last night, yeah, 272 points given up, Matt, in the last three games. It's not good. That is not. And, you know, it's something that we outlined last or yesterday, and something that they needed to do was step up and play defense. And, oh, I, I, I knew a, missing Avery would be big. I didn't know it would be this big, though. And it really tells you just how good of a player Avery Anderson is. Well, back to my point, I, I knew it would be big. And I fell into the trap that a lot of, and I, I blame the current state of basketball, maybe, maybe the NBA, which is, it's funny, everyone complaining about the All-Star game. I'm like, have you guys watched the regular season? It's just a version of that, basically. But I, I let the current state of, of basketball override what I, what I know, and I should know better. I was thinking about, all right, who's going to step up in the absence in terms of on the offensive end to make that happen without really focusing on what I should have been, which is just how damn good he was on that side of the ball on the defensive side. And now they are paying for it. All right, it's 221. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Members of the SEC that aren't even together yet are already bickering over something we'll get into that and other college football notes including the tulsa schedule when we come back next year on the blitz 1170 thank you for listening to this exclusive blitz 1170 podcast from bravado wireless